All right, it's time to take a news dump. And this week, it really seems as though we're just going to be summarizing one of the weirdest weeks of blue ball inducing political theater because TikTok is not banned. Old Donnie Trump still hasn't been placed under arrest. And then there's this. Have you ever eaten a chocolate pudding with three fingers? I don't remember ever doing that. I'm telling you, maybe when I was a kid, but it's interesting. You know, there's a lot of people when you're when they go at you, Sometimes they have like really good ammunition, like you're a crook, you did this, you did that. For me, they're talking about pudding. Like, is that really the best you got? Okay, bring it on. Unfortunate, but also a bit strange that he didn't outright deny the report entirely. I don't recall. Uh, yeah, he simply doesn't remember. But back to the proposed ban on TikTok though, because the company's CEO was in Washington DC on Thursday of this week to field questions from elected officials. And we're just gonna tell you right now that TikTok is most likely safe for the time being because it appears as though representatives are still just using the CEOs of gigantic corporations showing up to Washington DC to ask simple tech support questions. Here you go. Mr. Chu, does TikTok access the home Wi-Fi network? I'm sorry, I may not understand that. So if I have a TikTok app on my phone and my phone is on my home Wi-Fi network, does TikTok access that network? It will have to, to get access the network to get connections to the internet, if, if that's the question. Is it possible then that it could access other devices on that home Wi-Fi network? Congressman, we do not do anything that is beyond any industry norms. Um, I believe the answer to your question is no. It could be technical. Let me get back to you. So yeah, that was pretty much the extent of the grilling that the CEO received. Everything else that was asked or responded to are things that we've previously covered, including how TikTok's parent company handles user data, how they plan on protecting user data. American data stored on American soil by an American company overseen by American personnel. And how the social media apps that were founded here in the USA are as bad or in some cases demonstrably worse than TikTok in regards to user data and privacy. With a lot of respect, American social companies don't have a good track record with data privacy and user security. I mean, look at Facebook and Cambridge Analytica. Just one example. What the government and our elected officials should be focusing on is online data protection and user privacy as a whole. Yeah. Banning TikTok isn't going to end the buying and selling of intimate data and specific identifiers. In fact, it might embolden the apps that currently exist. If they were serious about protecting the privacy of their constituents, they would pass legislation that protects users across the board and force any company that operates here to adhere to strict privacy regulations. Mm -hmm. If only there was, I don't know, some sort of continental governing body across the sea which has done exactly this sort of thing and had it in place for years. You would hope that uh, they would be able to do something because they're saying that this is bad, yet they're not acting on the industry as a whole. It's, it's odd, huh? Yeah, but instead, uh, any argument they make against TikTok appears to just be at the behest of companies like Google and Meta, who, uh, I mean, it would make sense. The more time people spend on TikTok, that's that's data that could have, that we could have been gobbling up that data. Yeah, it is suspicious. Why are you trying to get all the data? Look, I don't like TikTok, but it is suspicious that they're going so hard on TikTok while, uh, guys, there have been numerous examples of actual verified yeah. issues national security issues with other platforms. It would be cool if there was uh, just the tiniest bit of consistency. No, this, but, but alas, too much. Now, while those tech giants duke it out, Elon Musk continues to wallow in despair over on Twitter.com and has announced new policies related once again to their verified badge program. Oh, good. By the way, if you want to talk about the extremely secretive and highly suspicious ways that user data is handled, we should probably point out that Twitter isn't just owned entirely by Elon Musk handing over a dump truck of money in order to buy the company out. 
While the whole country is, in some cases, justifiably nervous about TikTok having direct ties to China, let's just run through a short laundry list of who actually owns Twitter. And these are folks whose patience could be running thin as they watch the platform continue to hemorrhage their money. From a Washington Post report that was released on Christmas Eve when no one was paying attention, Saudi Prince Al-Walid bin Talal Al-Saud, that's a, pr a Saudi prince, <laughs> agreed in May to convert his shares of Twitter, worth nearly $2 billion, into a stake in the company when Musk took it private. The Qatar Investment Authority, whose CEO was photographed hanging out with Musk at the World Cup finale, put up $375 million for the deal. Binance, which was also founded in China, committed $500 million towards the purchase. Venture capital firm Andreessen Horowitz, whose investments range from Lyft to Coinbase to those stupid bored apes and beyond, uh, they invested another $400 million, but they're probably busy with all of their crypto failures at the moment because yeah. they really went all in on that. They even changed their name, A16Z. Yeah, it's, uh, you know... Twitter might be the least of their worries. But yeah, they were notably sh uh, thrilled about Elon pushing for the so-called free speech utopia. So you can guess where their heads are at. Mm -hmm. Mark Andreessen is such a fucking shithead. <laughs> uh, then there's the banks. Morgan Stanley, Bank of America, and Barclays own more than a quarter of Musk's deal to buy Twitter, and he owes them around a billion dollars a year in interest payments alone. The Post points out that... As part of the deal, anyone who invested $250 million or more gets special access to confidential company information. But giving that privilege to foreign investors is raising flags with Biden and U.S. officials. Mm. Of particular interest is whether that includes access to personal data about Twitter's users, since several of the entities are entwined with governments that have a history of cracking down on dissidents on Twitter and other online platforms. Or just chopping people up into little pieces and throwing them down a well. Yeah. They, they've done that too. Mm -hmm. Now, having said all of that, Elon is obviously desperate to start generating some serious returns on these investments. Uh, the ad sales still not going great. It's the advertisers are too woke. <laughs> but as uh, he'd previously alluded to, uh, he's announced that legacy verified accounts, those are the ones that, you know, say what you want. People yeah. had them for a reason because... They because were voices they were in entertainment. Notable in or, entertainment, government, or... Um, uh, journalism. Yeah, anything like whatever. that. But uh, they will lose their check marks as of April 1st? Hmm, weird day. Uh, that is, of course, unless they fork over the monthly subscription fee in order to keep their badges, which are essentially pointless now anyway. Yeah. Also, yeah, it is hilarious that there will be another round of verification chaos, specifically on April Fool's Day, especially because there will be absolutely no proper way for anyone at Twitter to p police people posing as celebrities, politicians, journalists, or brands who have let their verification lapse. Um, it's just not possible. When everyone's changing their name to Elon Musk or something like that, it, it, a bit easier, but having the entirety of Twitter be able to just say whoever they want to say they are is a bit more difficult to police. Now, outside of the comically outrageous timing of the change, this will undoubtedly throw the platform into further disarray as lines are blurred even further regarding who you're even communicating with and whether or not they can be trusted or are just some Nazi with $8 to spare. Uh, in addition to legacy verified users, though, it appears as though brands and companies will have to cough up a reported $1,000 per month in order to keep their gold or gray verified badges on the platform. And also, Ooh. employees of those brands that want to keep their verified status they're, that's going to cost $50 a month. 
I mean, I could see this going either way, but I don't think the brands are going to be too happy about this. Uh, no, and also, as of April 1st, the only way you're going to be able to verify that you're talking with someone who isn't a piece of shit is if they don't have a verified batch. Yeah. It flips the entire purpose. Yeah, he really has done it. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, we just don't see this fucking working the way he thinks it will. Yeah. Um, this also comes as reports regarding Twitter's ad revenue are still showing abysmal results, with a majority of the biggest ad buyers still avoiding the platform, despite Twitter offering heavily discounted rates in order to coax them back. Nah, we're good. <laughs> it also doesn't help that Twitter's layoffs have affected their advertising divisions. Uh, from a recent article in Vox titled, Why Advertisers Aren't Coming Back to Twitter, Advertisers are reluctant to make deals when they don't know who they'll be working with. I don't know if the person I'm negotiating with today will be there today, tomorrow, or by the end of the week, one ad executive said. Trust is such an important currency in advertising. I don't trust Elon at his word. If advertisers don't trust Musk, it would help if he had a reliable lieutenant, but many trusted executives, even some who Musk initially praised, have left the company, including Chief Customer Officer Sarah Personette, Head of Trust and Safety Yoel Roth, and VP of Client Solutions, Robin Wheeler. Several sources Vox spoke with were unsure if recently appointed sales head Chris Reedy is still working at the company. <laughs> News outlet Platformer reported in February that Reedy was cut in a recent round of layoffs, but other sources close to the company said he is still working at Twitter. Uh, and yeah, we heard this like early on, like during one of the early uh, purges was... Uh, People, uh, companies were just like, yeah, we used to have someone that we could email mm -hmm. about this stuff who would get back to us in a timely manner. And like, we don't know like who to even email anymore. Uh, we don't know if they're tracking our analytics. Like, it, there's just the... you. A scenario that is very funny that has probably played out is that if a uh, brand is eager to spawn, uh, to to buy ads on Twitter, uh, and they're they're like, well, who do we get in touch with? All right, well, let's try press at twitter.com. <laughs> Just a poop emoji. Yeah, uh, uh, I mean, these are important things. Advertisers, uh, we know from experience, they're very particular <laughs> about how they communicate with uh, the the medium that their ads will be yes. uh, displayed in. Uh, they don't want to be ghosted, and they are being ghosted. Uh, despite the rock-bottom sales prices that Elon is yeah, offering. It's a fire sale. Uh, which you can tell by seeing ads on Twitter right now that just the lowest of the low. Yeah, the, some the real good ones, though. Bargain bin, like mobile games, uh, people that just want more Twitter followers, stuff like that. But hold on. If you thought you were getting out of here this week without suffering more of that rage-inducing artificial intelligence news, well, we're sorry, but internet is in the name of this channel. And this, this one should also satiate those who still somehow proclaim that this was ever a gaming channel. Hey, here we go. AI is coming to your video game. What's up, gamers? In the worst way possible. Uh, just in any way would seem to be the worst way possible. Yeah, well, uh, if you were using AI in a game as part of the story process, maybe, you know. But uh, this is also coming from a company that always jumps to the front of the line so they can make absolute fools of themselves and become a lightning rod of hostility for the entire industry. You do have to hand it to Ubisoft. Barely any other companies out there are brave enough to be this stupid and to draw this much unanimous negativity to themselves for such little potential financial gain. It is honestly impressive. Just take a look at the YouTube video announcing this new project because they haven't, as of the time we filmed this, turned comments off and it is a resounding no. They get off on uh, 
being yelled at, I think. Yeah, you will, of course, remember just over a year ago when Ubisoft was first to market with their hot new NFT initiative, Quartz. And not only did that fail spectacularly, they attempted to first defend themselves by claiming that gamers just didn't get it, but then admitted months later, eh, they were just trying out new things. And we're actually brave for doing so. We are on the bleeding edge, and we are bleeding out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, they are trying new things once again, and are reportedly handing over some of writing duties for their games to AI. Whew, and we want to be clear, much like every other company that has announced such integrations, they are promising that this is not a replacement for real writers. <laughs> Wink. <laughs> uh, just a way to remove some of their workload, mm -hmm. which we all know is just the first step towards layoffs or eventual replacement. Um, it was, what, two weeks ago or two weeks between CNET announcing AI-generated content and massive layoffs? Yeah. Coincidence? Hmm. Anyway, here's Engadget with more on Ubisoft's big plans. A good open-world game is filled with little details that add to the player's sense of immersion. One of the key elements is the presence of background chatter. Each piece of dialogue you hear is known as a bark and must be individually written by the game's creators, a time-consuming, detailed task. Ubisoft, maker of popular open-world gaming series like Assassin's Creed and Watch Dogs, hopes to shorten this process with Ghostwriter, a machine learning tool that generates first drafts of barks. So, first off, not really liking how the article seems to be praising the move. It's terrible for obvious reasons that we'll get to and you're already thinking about, but it continues. To use Ghostwriter, narrative writers input the character and type of interaction they are looking to create. The tool then produces variations, each with two slightly different options for writers to review. As the writers make edits to the drafts, Ghostwriter updates, ideally producing more tailored options moving forward. The idea here is to save game writers time to focus on the big stuff. Quote, Ghostwriter was created hand-in-hand -hand with narrative teams to help them complete a repetitive task more quickly and effectively, giving them more time and freedom to work on games narrative, characters, and cutscenes, Ubisoft states in a video release. So, look, we're going to keep this short and say that Ubisoft is constantly outdoing itself when it comes to creating shortcuts to very quick, um, probably not lucrative financial gain at the cost of quality products. But it's just so fucking aggravating that instead of just writing some dialogue that enhances the game and makes it feel more alive, despite it not being the main dialogue, a writer or some tester that Ubisoft inevitably hires for pennies on the dollar has to just sit through a bunch of prompts just soullessly shit out by a machine. The entire point of Bark Dialogue is to make the world feel alive. So what the fuck are you doing? And it also sounds like much more work than a writer simply coming up with... Yeah, or at the very least, it's just overcomplicating uh, an already tedious task. Yes. It throws a wrench in the pre-existing workflow. Yeah. But hey, they get to tell their shareholders that they are adding... AI into their workflow. And some of the, what they, you know, what they refer to as bark is, you know, in some games, enhances the overall experience yeah. and makes it funny. Like Rockstar or, games, yeah. like, it's it's definitely not filler shit. Some of it's uh, very funny and relevant. And, yeah. And so, good, so. Mm. Anyways, we have more news coming up for you in just a second. But first, we have to stave off any temptation to have robots do our jobs for us. 
by thanking today's sponsor for not only keeping us employed in the content minds, but also well-fed with quick, easy meals that taste great. Mm -hmm. This episode is sponsored by Factor. Power up for springtime with Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. Get nutritious, human-chef prepared meals <laughs> delivered straight to your door, leaving you time and energy to tackle everything on your to-do list. Look and feel your best in time for warmer weather with calorie-smart meals around 550 calories or less. Too busy to cook? With Factor, skip the trip to the grocery store and skip the chopping, prepping, and cleaning up too. Factor's fresh, never frozen meals are ready in just two minutes, so all you have to do is heat and enjoy. Factor has delicious, flavor-packed meals to help you live to the fullest. Choose from keto, vegan and veggie, calorie smart, and protein plus options on the menu each week. Prepared by chefs and approved by dietitians. All each, humans. Mm -hmm, each meal has all of the ingredients you need to feel satisfied all day long. With 34 chef-prepared, dietitian-approved weekly options, there's always something new to try. Enjoy meals for any time of day with breakfast options like egg bites, smoothies, and more. Plus, replenish your snack supply with an assortment of 45-plus add-ons. Want to cut back on takeout? Get Factor instead. Not only is Factor cheaper than takeout, but meals are ready faster than any restaurant can deliver. Just two minutes! Put the time and money you save towards planning activities for when that weather finally warms up. Please, weather, please warm up. Please stop raining. <laughs> Eating vegan or veggie is a snap with Factor. Because each meal is prepared by chefs and approved by dietitians, you know that your Factor meal has all the ingredients you want and nothing you don't. And if you're looking to mix it up, you can add a protein to select vegan and veggie meals each week. Get Factor and enjoy clean eating without the hassle. Simply choose your meals and enjoy fresh, flavor-packed meals delivered straight to your door. Ready in just two minutes. No prep, no mess. Head to factormeals.com slash newsdump50 and use code newsdump50 to get 50% off your first box. That is code newsdump50 at factormeals.com slash newsdump50 to get 50% off your first box. All right, back into the news now and keeping on that beautiful topic of video games, which I we love so when much. this channel was a news channel. Uh, here's some news. Counter-Strike 2 is coming out. Yeah, that's. I was not expecting that. I, I figured it's just like one of those things where Clearly, Counter-Strike players didn't care that they were playing a decade-old game. But it's nice to have but, uh, uh, some updated graphics. Yeah, I mean, And they're like, giving them options of uh, straight-up traditional maps, put through yeah. a new engine, and then some enhancements as well. Um, so it seems pretty cool, but that's not exactly what we're talking about. That's just to say that we reported on some gaming news. Yeah. But in other gaming news, it turns out the entire internet was wrong. And just adding in a video game or in Minecraft, to the end of a credible threat or crime, doesn't completely absolve someone of guilt. What? <sighs> well, you learn something new every day. Or at least this piece of shit did, because he actually made a violent and credible threat to a law enforcement official, because that law enforcement official had the audacity to, uh, let's see here, uh, say that Nazis are bad. Oh. Uh, no. so that statement shouldn't really be all that controversial, but it's 2023 and nothing makes sense. Also... This took place in Florida, or that's where the uh, sheriff is from. So uh, hey, let's get to some background on that. Um, why would a sheriff have to come out and say that Nazis are bad? A week after a neo-Nazi hate group circulated throughout the Daytona Beach, Florida area, displaying and distributing extremist propaganda, the county's top cop has had enough. These scumbags came to the wrong county. We are not going to tolerate this, a seething Volusia Sheriff Mike Chitwood said at a press conference on Monday. Chitwood identified the Goyam Defense League oof, as the organization behind the disturbing behavior, which included leaving anti-Semitic flyers on people's doorsteps and hanging anti-Jewish banners from busy pedestrian bridges during Daytona 500 weekend. Wow. 
Uh, the article goes on to list details of the, the signs and the flyers that were distributed, including signs that were hung on the, the speedway itself. Uh, they're literally too graphic for us to repeat on YouTube. Just, it's Nazi shit. Yes. You know what the Nazis were all about. Uh -huh. These people are about the same stuff. Links to the articles are always down in the description below, though, if you really uh, need to see it for yourself. So in the days that followed the press conference, the sheriff continued to receive threats, including one in particular that was detailed and graphic. So graphic, in fact, that, again, we can't repeat it here because it's YouTube. It's too extreme for this website. But suffice to say, uh, someone online threatened the life of the Volusia County Sheriff in explicit detail before adding in Minecraft below the statement. So it was like two threats and then space, space in Minecraft, uh, thereby absolving himself of guilt. Didn't work, though. Here's Kotaku with more. A 38-year-old man has been arrested in South Brunswick, New Jersey, after allegedly posting a death threat targeting a sheriff in Florida and ending his statement with the words, In Minecraft. <laughs> in Minecraft is a way people can use, quote, a catchphrase spoken as a way to qualify a statement as not relating to the real world, which obviously didn't work in this case, because as you can see in the video recorded by body cameras below, and then they have it in their article, it didn't take long for police to locate Golden at his mother's house and arrest him. He'll now be extradited to Florida to face, quote, a felony count of writing a threat to kill. Sheriff Chitwood posted a photo of the arrest on Twitter and added, what a shame. A 4chan troll has to come out of his room. Is this the same sheriff that was, like, investigating Carol Baskin's uh, husband or something? Like, right after Tiger King came out? Uh, I don't know. This is a... This is, We're a fun sheriff's department. Th this is the east northeast coast of Florida, and the Cheryl Baskin thing is mm. Tampa Bay, west coast, Gulf of Mexico area, uh, so... These Florida sheriffs, they uh, they love the limelight. How do you pronounce again? Volusia? Yeah. Is it Volusia. Volusia? Well, that's, that's how I pronounced it growing up, so I don't know. I'm sure that my pronunciation is wrong because I learned it in a Florida school. People got real mad at us a couple weeks back because we pronounced uh, Regina, Saskatchewan. Apparently it's Regina. Regina, which mm -hmm. I refuse. Like, why would you? No, you should all, you should all collectively agree. <laughs> you are the ones that are wrong. You should all collectively agree to stop calling it that because that's fucking weird. <laughs> you don't have to call it Regina. Come on. Mm -hmm. Regina. Where the fuck does that come from? Vagina. Yeah, but like, really, where does it come from? I don't know. Well, you'll have to look up the Canadian lore. Anyway, speaking of weird Nazi shit, a K-pop star recently found herself in the middle of a self-imposed scandal after being photographed wearing not one, but two highly controversial shirts back-to-back, -back, with one incident happening during a televised performance and the other being posted willingly to her Instagram feed. Here's Variety with more on that. Twice's Che Young issued an apology on Tuesday after she uploaded a photo of her wearing a t-shirt with a swastika symbol. This comes just days after the K-pop singer was seen performing in a QAnon shirt for the South Korean music television program show Music Core. In the photo, which has since been deleted, Che Young posed wearing a shirt with the Sex Pistols Sid Vicious sporting a swastika associated with Adolf Hitler and the German Nazi party on his shirt. Okay, well, so... The it, Sid Vicious thing is like... If it's a like, picture of Sid Vicious, like, that's... I don't know. How prominent is the swastika? It's 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 very noticeable. It's a dead okay. center on the shirt. Okay, well... Uh, yeah, the whole Sid Vicious thing is, like, uh, in the 70s... Yeah, so early... It was, like, yeah. early punk rock was just, what can we do that's the most extreme thing possible yeah, they with were, the image? they were trolls. Yes. They were doing doing a little bit of trolling. Yes. Uh... <laughs> And it and that did not last for very long. Not long. It was not, <laughs> not a long-lasting. It was uh, resoundingly uh, protesting. Because like literally within like just 
a year or so, you get you get actual Nazi punks. And then the people in the actual punk scene, they're like, no, we were just doing that to be funny. Wait, yeah, do these it, people think we're actually Nazis? Fuck. Yeah, they, it, was, it was certainly a problem. But yes, the explanation for that at the time was that it was just trying to do the most extreme thing yeah. possible. Uh, anyways, uh, this is the apology. Uh, hello, this is Shay Young from Twice. I sincerely apologize regarding the Instagram post. I didn't correctly recognize the meaning of the tilted swastika in the shirt I wore, she said in a statement written in both English and Korean via Instagram. I deeply apologize for not thoroughly reviewing it, causing concern. I will pay absolute attention in the future to prevent any situation similar from happening again. Sincerely apologize again. Online spectators were quick to point out that Shay Young, one of nine members of the girl group, had also performed wearing a t-shirt with the QAnon slogan, where we go one, we go all. Yeah, I'm starting to see a pattern here. These are uh, a real unfortunate series of accidents <laughs> you guys have had. Yeah. Weird how that happened. Yeah, it, like, and, and the excuse could be made I wonder if, uh, I wonder That the swastika, you know, previously tilted in that way or whatever, but it's not a good excuse uh, in the year 2023. You know, I'm very curious uh, if these people have any association with the uh, Korean Unification Church. Because that's like, that's the QAnon they have over in Korea, Mm -hmm. and it's been going for decades now. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I don't know. Yeah. And that's also why that guy shot Shinzo Abe over it. And that's why most people in Japan were like, oh, that's why he did it? Eh, well, fair play. <laughs> but uh, yeah, here's a bit of slight irony for you to round out today's episode. Uh, one of the lawmakers behind Florida's controversial Don't Say Gay bill has uh, pled guilty to fraud. COVID relief fraud, to be more specific. What but a at least he didn't say gay. <laughs> that's true. Uh, here's the Associated Press with more on that. The former Florida lawmaker who sponsored the controversial law critics called Don't Say Gay pleaded guilty Tuesday to committing $150,000 in COVID-19 relief fraud. Joseph Harding, a 35-year-old Republican, pleaded guilty in Gainesville federal court to wire fraud, money laundering, and making false statements in connection with COVID-19 relief fraud, according to court records. He faces up to 35 years in prison at a hearing scheduled for July 25th. Go anti-woke, go broke. Harding resigned from the Florida House in December, a day after federal prosecutors announced his indictment. Wow, that's a shame. Mm-hmm. And while we're on the topic of the Don't Say Gay bill, one of the only ways that people attempted to defend that bill was to point out that it only covered the state's youngest students in kindergarten through third grade. Not that it was a good defense in the first place because of how broad the bill was, but that was the talking point that was constantly heard during news coverage and from constituents who supported it. Mm-hmm. Turns out, they gotcha, because it was reported this week that Governor Ron DeSantis will expand the law to all grades. Who could have possibly seen this coming? I didn't know this slope was slippery. <laughs> Whoop! Uh, literally everyone saw this was coming. Everyone who was ringing alarm bells about it uh, for the past year yes. saw it coming. Uh, here's the AP once again. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis' administration is moving to forbid classroom instruction on sexual orientation and gender identity in all grades, expanding the controversial law critics called Don't Say Gay as the Republican governor continues to focus on cultural issues ahead of his expected presidential run. The proposal, which would not require legislative approval, is scheduled for a vote next month before the State Board of Education and has been put forward by the State Education Department, both of which are led by appointees of the governor. 
The rule change would ban lessons on sexual orientation and gender identity from grades 4 to 12 <laughs> unless required by existing state standards or as part of reproductive health instruction that students can choose not to take. Oh, good. Critics of the law say its language, classroom instruction, age-appropriate, and developmentally appropriate is overly broad and subject to interpretation. A fucking 17-year-old hearing the word, hearing about gay people. Oh, God, oh, no. I, I'm too young for this. Shut the fuck up. Consequently, teachers might opt to avoid the subjects entirely for fear of being sued, that's they say. That's what's, how, yeah, it's yes. a, it's a chilling effect. To instill fear in educators. It's a chilling effect, and uh, it's working quite well, because, um, yeah, if you're a fucking teacher in Florida making dog shit money, like... You're not going to risk your career. Yeah, what, yeah. You're, you're just trying to rack up that meager pension plan that your teacher's union has going for you, and a very modest retirement. You don't want to... It's not worth it. So just no more books. Books are banned. We're not doing books anymore. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, Flip Flop Ron had a big moment this week where uh, with breakneck speed, he transitioned from uh, uh, not supporting the war in Ukraine at all to calling Putin a war criminal. Yeah. And that a was lot really of, quick. A lot of his fans, uh, I mean, he he's obviously, he's towing a line here between like the old school neocons and the new school like alt-right uh, people who very much disagree on... Uh, that war, so uh, He has good actually luck. been on the ropes since the uh, presumed Trump indictment was announced. Yeah. Because, uh, yeah, they haven't held back at all. His poll numbers are just in the shitter. Yeah, it's, uh, it is quite odd. I don't even know if, like, I figured he'd get to be this cycle's Jeb, but I don't even know if he'll make it to the stage. Literally, point. up until last week, I was sure that it was a home run for old Ron DeSantis to uh, get the nomination, but now not so sure. I was, I, I never, I, he doesn't have the juice, and I've been saying that. Uh, you don't know though. I've been to Florida. I thought there was I've, a... I, I've had, I go to Florida to visit family. And yeah, you got to they... win all 50 states. Yeah, <laughs> I know, I know, but. Uh, Florida is one of 50. When it comes to batshit insane Republicans, it is a representation of what they do. Yeah, well, maybe they fucked up putting all their eggs, <laughs> their crazy right-wing eggs, in one basket there. Yeah, you might be right. Anyway, one more thing, one more little bit of insanity out of Florida schools. Uh, if you need a more clear-cut example of how bad things are over there, here you go. A principal in the state's capital of Tallahassee was given the option to quit or be fired for allowing their school to show a photo of Michelangelo's David because the 16th century sculpture has, it's, and trust us, it's there. It's hard to make out, but it has a penis <laughs> and is therefore uh, pornographic. Mm -hmm. People get off on the Statue of David. It's it's very pornographic. <laughs> yeah, it's when my, you look at that, you're like, ah, oh, how am I going to conceal this hard on or oh my uh, God. keep my pants from getting wet? That baby dick of his. Oh, baby. Mm -hmm. uh, here's local outlet WCTV with more. The former principal for a Tallahassee charter school resigned after what she called a series of miscommunications regarding a sixth grade. <laughs> These aren't even little kids. <laughs> a sixth grade art class lesson that included an image of Michelangelo's David. The situation drew several complaints from parents. Oh, my God. And has launched debate over the school's <laughs> policies. Tallahassee Classical School confirmed to WCTV the art lesson took place last Friday, and several parents reached out to express concerns that same day. God damn it. <laughs> Board Chair Barney Bishop confirmed that as part of an emergency meeting <laughs> a few days later on Monday, former principal Hope Karaskia was given an ultimatum to either resign or be terminated. 
Uh, we laugh, but this is I- insane. Like it, we laugh because this is so ridiculous, at face value. Yeah, no, like I mean, if you're a little kid, you've seen your own genitals, you've seen probably a few other kids' genitals. If you have younger siblings, you've seen a baby dick. Just imagine that baby dick on a grown man. That's Michelangelo. They are going to have to replace the logo of my home county is Michelangelo's David, and I am not fucking kidding. Why? Because they have a replica of it at the art museum there. Of course they do. Well, that that's not going to be there for long. <laughs> He's going to have hot pants. Once Ron DeSantis finds out about that, about the, the statue of grooming they got down at the, the cultural center, that, uh-uh. Get that the hell out of there. Uh, so the reporting continues with even more brain-numbing details. According to a rule passed in February, the school's teachers are required to give parents a two-week and one-week advance notice of specific pictures, words, and topics that will be discussed in a class. This is untenable. You can't teach anything. (laughs) This is daycare. You want fucking daycare for your kids. The school says this allows parents to decide whether to let their children participate or be given an alternative assignment. Karaskuya said a letter should have been sent out, but also told WCTV she believed only three parents complained. Quote, one parent, she was so upset. She was the one who said it was pornographic and shouldn't happen, Karaskuya said. This, this, oh my God. The other two, as soon as the art teacher and I called them, were appreciative and said they wished we had sent out the letter. Unfortunately, that didn't end the situation. This is so fucking stupid. This is one of the dumbest things I've ever heard. Um, yeah, wow. Wow. Yeah, I. Uh, it's ding. That's it. Yeah. Show's over. Thanks. I can't even. I can't even think of what to say about this because it's so absurd. You know, I, I haven't been back home to visit my family in a long time, and it, it is overdue. But I can't bring myself to travel to that state because well, it's just going to drive me insane. When you do, you better soak up David and his small penis as much as you can because they are going to topple that like they did the Saddam statue. <laughs> <laughs> break it up into, yeah like it's it's going throw into, it into the gulf throw it yeah uh, put it in like one of those statue graveyards in uh, russia where they put all the like lenin statues. oh you know what's worse is out front uh they have if i'm remembering correctly which i believe i am uh they have a bull that has a naked lady uh like on top of it see that's the kind of florida that i was raised to believe in <laughs> florida where like yeah naked lady riding a bull yep Yep, you're in the Sunshine State. Not this fucking bullshit. Yeah, Man. so, well, what are you going to do? I guess the county's going to have to change its logo, and uh, hopefully this principal uh, lands on her feet, because uh, goddamn. Anyways, that's it for, for this episode. Uh, look, AI by the barrelful. If you want AI, baby, we got it, because we have a whole show about tech, and that's what we covered. And But look, there's some funny pictures of Trump, you know, getting arrested, quote unquote. Yeah, yeah. And then and, escaping to go to McDonald's. And a very funny article about the metaverse. Yeah. So uh, if you haven't, for some reason, seen our previous two episodes, they will pop up on the screen. But again, thank you so much for leaving a like. Click that like button, leaving a comment, and making sure that you're subscribed to the channel because we're about to hit 240. And I, I, I don't want to jinx anything because I always do. But the fifth anniversary of this channel is coming up in June, oh, and what yeah. a birthday present it would be to hit 250,000 subscribers. 
It would be pretty cool. It's up to you. Are you bad enough dudes and... Multiple account having individuals yeah, to yeah. bring us to 250,000 subscribers Come by on. our birthday? Gosh. All right. Videos are up there now. Please check them out. We'll be back with uh, somehow news that is weirder than all of that very soon for Weekly Weird News. See you soon. Bye. Bye.